I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. So, what do we do now with this Latvian laser? Hero, the first ever daily fantasy sports book that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash locked on for 300% back on your first play. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the trade machine maniac. The one more thinking, what you got for me, Isaac Harris? All right, I don't know who needs to hear this, but it's time to shut trade machine off. It's okay. Just just close out the tab. I know it's been it's been a long 48 to 72 hours that you've been on Shut it a it lot. Down. Shut it down. That's what you need to do right now. This is your PSA. Send this just just send somebody this podcast. Text somebody the podcast and say, "Hey, I think you need to listen to the first like 20 to 30 seconds of Lockdown Maps today because you need to hear this. Somebody in your life has been texting you or DMing you a million trade machine ideas or like screenshots or links and just send them this podcast. It's a you need you need this. You got to calm down. Send it to him. Let him know. On today's show, we are going to talk about Christoph Porzingis and we're just going to talk about his position right now with the Mavericks and there's been some talk there's been some odds posted on where he should be traded we may do we may dive into a couple of fake trades here and there and just to talk about some hypotheticals but let's just talk about Christoph Porzingis and his standing with the Mavericks should they trade him should they not trade him check the box yes or no if you want to uh to go ahead and, and check it at home or in the comments on YouTube let's start with Porzingis overall did you think his season was a success considering he came into the season, missed the first nine games, and did not expect to be, like, did not expect the season to start so early. He kind of was caught off guard by that. He came in, and overall, like, his regular season was, offensively at least, like, decently efficient, right? 20 points a game, just about nine rebounds. He shot 47% from the field. He shot just about 38% from three, like a pretty good you know, regular season, 85% from the line, the, the best of his career so far. It was a pretty, like, offensively, at least, uh, efficient season for him. And so you look at those numbers, obviously all of us listening and talking here, we know the defensive end it was, was completely different, and what, he was essentially uh, a negative on that end for most of the season. And then in the playoffs, we, we all know what happened, but playoffs is just seven games against a really tough team that he was not a good matchup for at this point in the in his you know, season. So overall his season was what? Um, I wouldn't go with successful. So I, I don't <laughs> think it was a successful season. I think um, if we're going with just like words instead of like a grade or ranking, I think it was just weird. It was a weird, weird yeah. season. And that was just the whole collective season for KP, not just health, but on the court fit, off the court stuff. I mean, it was just a weird, weird season. He misses those first nine games. He thought, everybody thought in the organization the season was going to start later. This is why the Luca in shape type of thing came in, wasn't in shape. He misses those is, first nine. Is n- that why that came in? Or is- 
Well, no, I mean, he was very vocal, like, too, of saying, yeah, yeah. man, I, we didn't know the season was going to start this early. They thought it was going to start, like, you know, in March or February, whatever it was. And So if it, if it did start later, then he may have been in shape. Anyway, continue. This is about KP. Continue. But, yeah, for KP, he misses those games and just trying to get back healthy and find his rhythm and find his groove. And then, you know, on the court stuff. It, then it was like, what? What's his fit? It's like, is he is he going to be the five? We didn't know, you know. Last year, Dwight goes down, and it's like they transition him at the five. He has this incredible run before the bubble, then the break, you know, the shutdown, everything. And then he has this great run in the bubble. Is he going to be the five? Is he going to be the four? And so then it's all the encore stuff. They try to feed the post stuff. They try to make the post stuff happen. Just didn't work. Wasn't efficient. Then it was the all of the post game comments from him. He was very, very open and about his frustrations with his role, with the you know rotation, his minutes, and the you know. All, I mean, we heard we've broke down every single of the, if, those comments at post games. If you're watching on YouTube, go to our go to our must listen playlist and just go through a couple of those because we've we've documented some of these 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 Porzingis comments and things like that so if you don't remember if you're new to the channel or if you're new to the podcast go back and listen to some of those because they're just right there for you it was was all year there was different comments just here and there after a game and we broke them all down and he's just very honest it's like in a way you really appreciate the honesty because half the time he's getting bullcrapped (laughs) by you know by everybody but he he's very honest and he was very honest about his feelings throughout the year both with you know the coaching staff i mean how that that one time he was like yeah i've told the coaching staff this so i I, i'm okay to tell you guys this now and it's like i'm not telling you guys anything i haven't told the coaches already like oh (laughs) yeah yeah. i'm glad glad you're clarifying that (laughs) so he had all of that stuff on top of the offensive role then you had the the other injury you know that happened you know and Keep in mind, he's missing games here and there. He had those, he missed those three games in February. He had those, you know, he's setting out some back to backs, all of that, still managing the, you know, the the other knee, the meniscus knee from this past offseason. Then he had the the wrist injury that came out of nowhere. And we're like, what is this? And he misses what? I'm looking at six games in a row, seven games in a row for that. And then he plays those final, you know, three games of the season, goes into the playoff. And we're not even talking about the Luca chemistry stuff. I mean, the two yeah. cornerstones of the franchise that became a story. It, him being playing second fiddle, we've seen everybody's you know written about it at this point. You guys have heard about it, and all of that. That was the you know that was the thing, and then the playoffs happened. That's kind of like the cherry on top, and the him having his role reduced to just standing in the corner and bland in the dunker spot or shooting an open three, and he wasn't very mobile defensively still recovering from that. It was just a weird, weird season for him. So yeah, that's the word I land on off the, off the top. It was, it was a very weird, strange season and it's hard to just kind of quantify it into, was it good or was it bad? Right? Because there were good things about it, but there are also really bad things about it to go from 20 points a game in the regular season to 13 points a game in the, in the playoff series. Like that's just a weird, weird thing for it, for, you know, for, for it to happen to KP and for the Mavericks in general. Uh, he had the one 20-point game in Game 2. He had an 18-point game in Game 4. Uh, but then he also had a 7-point game and an 8-point game and a 9-point game. And for a guy that is essentially, he's, he's not bringing anything else much except for scoring, that is a, that is really concerning, the fact that those, those heights weren't there. Uh, but... Could there be, there's an argument to be made, and I think we'll, we'll do this coming up, should he stay or should he go kind of deal like we did with Rick Carlisle yesterday, is 
coming into a full off season with you know a full healthy off season, does that change a lot for Christoph Porzingis? Having you know the third year now with Luca, third year with with Carlisle, third year with with you know the organization. Um, does that change a lot of things going into that third year for everybody? Uh, all that kind of stuff. Do they have a trade already in mind? There's maybe been some signs, at least from from outside things, we've been trying to to pick up different clues here and there. Do they have that? So uh, coming up, let's get into that. Let's get into to that really quick here about Christoph Porzingis. Should he stay? Should he go? All that kind of stuff. We'll break down both sides of it coming up. But before we do, did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Wow. That is not worse than... NBA success rate because it's one in 30, but uh, that's a really bad success rate. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who are out there just doing this as their job, who have more tools and time. You don't stand a chance. So that's where Stat Hero comes in. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You're like playing a game of 21 against the house and not just against a bunch of other players that are like counting cards, essentially. You name your stakes. Winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else is doing that right now. You are in total control. Stat Hero is daily fantasy sports the way it's meant to be. One-on-one, play Stat Hero now and change the odds for yourself. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free. And right now, you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stat hero.com slash locked on also want to tell you about built bar built bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar they're absolutely delicious i just ate one recently if you're listening on the podcast you can hear the rapper if you're watching on youtube boom so you're about to eat that aren't you no i already ate it i just said i already ate it this is the grasshopper cookie bar they are those are absolutely delicious keep checking the website to see when those will be available for the public we got them a little early which has been pretty cool to get some of these flavors early the really good ones though that are always in stock and always available mint brownie raspberry cherry the uh, coconut are pretty good. The peanut butter brownie, double chocolate. You really can't go wrong with a lot of these. They're soft and easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate, and they're pretty good for you. They are low-calorie, uh, low-sugar, high-fiber, great for a keto diet. Go check it out and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Isaac Harris. So we've talked about Chris Porzingis' season a little bit and just briefly broke it down and kind of what he went through this season, but... Where do the Mavericks stand with him? At this point, there's you can kind of talk your, if you it's there's some confirmation bias with both sides of this for KP. If you feel like the Mavericks were going to trade him, you can maybe see some some clues down the down the way of just some post game comments and different things from the Mavericks that would indicate that maybe they have a trade ready for him. But from everything they're saying, if you're just going to take what they're saying at face value, KP is a fe- part of the future of this team. The Mavericks need to figure out a better way for Luka and KP to to coexist. And that's why Donnie Nelson's comments are being scrutinized because Donnie said that Luka can get KP more involved and all that. So just for sa- what it's worth, I think Donnie's comment about the Luka thing was more about KP and other players around the league than it was about Luka. That's my two cents. Yeah, we, we talked about those. And I think we, yeah. we came to that conclusion as you know, a little bit um, to not blame Luca, but then to, yeah, anyway. Um, so, yeah, and it was a kind of a, it was a comment after exit interviews. I don't know if that's a, a his full view on Luca's season and all that. That was like one of his only comments about him. So, Chris Porzingis, what's the, what's the take on if they trade him or if they decide to trade him, why would they do it now? 
Well, because, I mean, you look at how much money he has left on his deal, right? I mean, he signed that max contract before, you know, he didn't even played a minute for Dallas, basically. And yep. No, he goes he into <laughs> he go he goes into next season uh making 31.6 for the 2021 uh, 22 season then he makes 33.8 then he has a player option uh in 2023-24 for 36 million. Um you know I I think if you are the Mavericks and if you entertain hey we have the uh, if you're watching on YouTube we have the uh mm. salaries up on the Got screen. Got stat sheets. Come on. Um, you know, if you're the Mavericks and you're looking at it and you're coming out of the playoffs and you're saying this isn't getting any better, you know, if Rick, Rick Carlisle decided in that moment, this is the best way for us to play. I mean, he, he talked about, it. he said, this is the best way for our team right now, the plays for him to be in that role. And if you're not comfortable paying $31.6 million to somebody for somebody to stand in the corner or play in the dunker spot or somebody you don't <laughs> think is going to be able to play defensively with your team. That's not ideal, I, right? That's not ideal for a $31 million player to be standing in the dunker spot or standing in the corner, right? I don't, it's not. Yeah. And if that's, if that's what you think he is moving forward, then yeah, that's when you, that's when they start to entertain. And that's why they would, you know, but the question is what, and on top of that, you do that also if they're just him and Luke is just not compatible. You know, like if if they're just not going to mesh as a duo, both on the court and off the court, then Luca is your star. He's your cornerstone. So that's why if they went the route of trading KP, that's why you would lean that direction if you're Mavericks. The question if, that everybody throws out there, if even if they do feel that way right now. Who's going to take the contract because of where KB's at, because of his injury stuff this past year and the weird season and all of that. He's due that much money. Who who's going to take that on? How do people around the league view that? I mean, that's, that's the biggest question. I don't think it's a, um, I don't think it's a John wall type of contract that no. is like, man, nobody will take it, but it's also not like, well, no, people even John Wall got traded. So if that tells you anything, exactly, right? even even John Wall got traded. But it's not a you know some people before the season started was looking at Brad Bill's situation in Washington, saying, "Man, KP, what if KP has this monster season? He shows he's an all star, and he's past the injuries. He's twenty five years old. And all like if he had that type of season, then you're then you're thinking about, oh man, could, if Brad Bill ask out, then there, there's a you're not even close to Brad Beal right now. Like that, no. like KP just is not that. So that contract, you almost have to look, start at the bottom and look at the worst contracts in the league and saying, okay, well now which of these contracts would you be willing to you know swap out with? And that's why when you look at bet online, AG who had some odds out there, you know, the number one team on that list you know, was the Boston Celtics. And that's one of the biggest conversations right now when you talk about Christoph Porzingis' future. We saw an article that came out yesterday, uh, I think in Bleacher Report, and that, you know, was talking about Kimball Walker's future with the Celtics. We also know the history of Kimball Walker and the interest with him going back to, you know, two years ago. Like, they're, you talk to the right people on the likelihood of how they felt like Kemba would end up in Dallas or not before Al Horford opted out of that last year in his, his contract. You talk to the right people, you, you'll you hear some very uh, encouraging thoughts on Almost whether, guaranteed. <laughs> whether Kemba Walker was going to be a Maverick. And then out of nowhere, Al Horford 
who didn't have a very good season or anything, just declines a $30 million player option. And it's like, whoa, like nobody saw that happen. And then they swoop in with the extra cash and get Kemba. But even Mark, you know, Mark Cuban acknowledged that interest in Kemba Walker to the Dallas Morning News. I was reading that story again this morning saying, hey, we were very interested in Kemba Walker. He was one of them we were. So you ask yourself that question, Boston on the screen right now, Nick has it on the screen if you're watching YouTube, with the highest odds of this as a plus 200, it has to be centered around Kimbo, right? If it's a Boston. Dude. Yeah, that's the one that that's the one logically that makes the most sense. Obviously, it came out today that there was a story that Kemba Walker and Boston are going to part ways or they're ready to part ways or they want to part ways. So I think that one's one that really stands out to everybody. And then the Warriors package, they're the second one there. They have the, the second highest odds. Uh, and this is just you know, sports book guessing. I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't say that they have inside info or anything, but uh, the Warriors package obviously revolves around Wiggins and a couple of those assets. The Thunder have the Horford contract, and then they have a bunch of assets they can throw at the Mavericks if they decide to go that way. The Magic would be really fascinating because then it's like bringing back a different version of Vooch, like a non-rebounding, smaller version of, of Vooch. Um, and doing that whole thing again. But they have a bunch of guys, and they don't have a ton of scorers, so maybe he could come in and be a big scorer for them. Well, the Magic still, too, if you wanted wings, you know, from Dallas's point, you know, it would be the Gary Harris, Terrence Ross, or yeah. Gary Harris and Mo Bamba, something around those. And Gary Harris, an expiring contract. It all, de- yeah, so much of it depends on where Dallas you know, stands with KP. This is the question we're asking. It's like, if you're going to the offseason saying, if you're Dallas saying, okay, we have to get some value back. Or if you're going into it saying, we just want to start over. If we can get a clean slate, then we get the clean slate. That's We just don't know where Dallas is at in that mindset. But going back to the Boston thing, can we have the Kimba discussion? Like, is that... Yeah. If you're Dallas and Boston says, okay, we we're... We're kind of done with the Kimba thing. We want to shake it up. They have a hole in their center spot. They have, you know, they have Rob Williams that they're going to pay. But if they want a different look, if they want to form their own, if they believe in, you know, Porzingis moving forward and say, hey, we want to form our own big three, you know, if KP, Brown, Tatum, all of that. If you're Dallas, do you hang up? Do you listen? Where do you stand on that? The Kimba thing is so hard because. I don't know what the state of his knees are in, right? Like, and I don't know about, like, the one of the reasons why the Mavericks would trade Chris Porzingis this offseason is at least he's going in healthy. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's at least a little uptick there. At least he's not, didn't have another knee situation at the end of the season where all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's just going to be injured the rest of his career. At least he's going in healthy, and I think that could be really big for his career. And I think medical staffs could talk themselves into, okay, well, now he has a year to build up that strength a little bit. He's not just rehabbing. Maybe we can get him to do some of that injury prevention. You know, that The you injuries were fluky. They were contact injuries. He's talked about that a lot. Yep, and that's true. That's true. We're not, it's not, that's not just like PR. Yeah. Uh, those, are, those were contact injuries. So uh, also you, you, you have guys like Steph Curry, d- very different player, obviously different body type, but he had a ton of ankle injuries at the beginning of his career. They got him to do some exercises when he didn't have to do rehab and all that. And so then he came back and he hasn't really had problems with those ankles that much since then. And he's won a couple MVPs, which is, <laughs> which is kind of nice. So you can talk yourself into it, but with Kemba, he's, he's 31. He's six, a small guard. Four. Small guard, yeah. Small guards do not age particularly well, save Chris Paul, who is lighting up the Denver Nuggets as we record this right now. But 
He only played 43 games this year. He played 56 the year before that, 82 the year before that. So it's just starting to go down for him. And I've listened to enough John Corrales on Locked on Celtics to know that I don't think Kemba Walker is the reliable type of player the Mavericks would want in that number two. Now, neither is Kristaps Porzingis, right? So you're going to have to trade something to get something. And I don't know if Kristaps Porzingis is enough of something to trade for something more valuable. So the Kemba thing, just as a player, we were all for it. We were ready for that. I think... A, a big what if would be what if they had Kemba, Luca, and Porzingis? Mm. Uh, that would be a really interesting what if. We'll probably do this summer, but I, I, I always go against it because okay, what if it happens? All right, well then, flash flash forward a couple of months and we're just complaining that Kemba is hurt again and that they, Mavericks traded off KP for nothing and KP is probably going and like playing and at least he's bringing spacing, <laughs> right? Like at least he's doing that. Whereas I would Kemba love to hear playing. Bill Simmons talk about KP all the time though. <laughs> oh yeah. Get, get ready for that. Oh man. So yeah, I, I think I would be against it, but coming up, let's talk a little bit about some of these other trade offers. We'll talk about why the Mavericks should keep Porzingis and why it's not a good idea to trade him at this point. We'll get into that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Lucy. Lucy is nicotine gum that is uh, that has been researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not for patients. Lucy has created nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors: wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. You can also get a lozenge with uh, a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in cherry, ice, citrus, and mint. Lucy lozenges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible. You can also see your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now. It's convenient, it's discreet, products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, anywhere that you need to, even at the gym, not while you're recording a podcast, but you can do it anywhere else. It's 2021, get rid of those cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple, and you don't even have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Lockdown NBA listeners, go to lucy.co and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNBA to get 20% off of all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. Again, lucy.co. Use the promo code LOCKDOWNNBA at checkout. Also, I have to give you this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co and use that promo code LOCKDOWNNBA. All right, Isaac Harris, let's flip it over just for, just for a little bit and do the opposite. Why would the Mavericks keep Chris out Porzingis at this point? And I'll oh, start. Here. I can't share my Kemba thought. Oh yeah, share your Kemba thought first. I just want I just want to say the other side. You kind of said why you wouldn't do the Kemba. Yeah. And I thought you were going to flip it to the other side and say yeah, why right, would right, they right. do Go. the Kemba thing. And I was going to say this. There's one less year on the Kemba deal. And it, he makes 36 next year, then he has a player option for 37 after that. So, it's a year shorter than Porzingis's deal. His deal's is a little bigger though per year. It is, yes, 36, 37 compared to KBB in 31, 33, 36. It's also a it's also a veteran, right? A veteran, another creator in the offense when you know when he's playing, <laughs> all of that. And so I think that would be the selling point if they did a deal like that of saying, okay, if there's if it's not a locker room fit, if it's you know, if you're swapping out health concern for health concern, you're like, at least this health concern is a vet in the locker room that we've been desperately needing. And when he's playing, it's another creator. You still have a ton of defensive issues still. <laughs> Different <Yep>. types. <laughs> Six-foot aging point guard, 7'3", you know, injured center. <laughs> still <laughs> yeah, two finish, different. 
Finish yeah. that sentence. <laughs> different, uh, different uh, concerns defensively. But I'm saying that would be the the selling point. I think the Mavericks would make if they went that direction. But your question of why they should keep keep KP. I mean, that's still the like that's still the best option. Like in the, the dream world, you make it like you want it to work because you're walking into this offseason. Like you have two guys that before the ACL injury, if that if he can get back to that. Like that, he's twenty five. Like, how many it, years it, have we been saying? We've been saying that for two years now. If he can get back to, <laughs> I know. I oh, I trust. Yeah, I know. I get that. But it's like he's twenty five. He's fully, you know, like going into this off season fully healthy and all that. Like, if you're walking into next season with the mindset of, hey, the playoff series was just an anomaly. Like that just isn't gonna. Like that's not the role we want from him. We think fully healthy KP next year is gonna have a completely different role. Him and Luca, the chemistry is overblown. Like they're they're fine. Like if you believe all of that, then you like you still want it to work like deep down because then it still gives you the flexibility of going to the offseason with 35 million. You bring back Tim at like around 20, you still have like 15 million in cap. Like you can add the pieces then. It yes, there, there's there's a route still there. And it's not like we haven't seen Luca and KP work well together ever, right? It's not like it's never happened. Last season, I thought they worked together really well, and I was looking forward to this season when they would get better at that. I remember Zach Lowe talking about when Luca and KP can do their little pick and pop thing and pick and roll and and work some stuff out, and you just see them. There's like there was a rhythm to it. Luca would do his little step back, and Porzingis would be able to step into you know an open space, and then Luca would be able to kick over to him. There was a real rhythm and a chemistry there that we are starting to develop, and then all of a sudden this off season happens, and he Luke, KP comes into the season, and it's totally different, and it's just really strange to me to see how it and we go back to kp season being weird it was weird that was one of the reasons why it was weird so there there is precedent and there is some some history and chemistry there that they did have before so if kp full healthy offseason luca and him maybe spend some time i don't depending on national team uh duties that that luca has to do maybe they don't have that but going into a training camp getting a full training camp together they've never had a full training camp together right like isn't that isn't that true? Did he have one the beginning of not this season, but last season? I can't think back to exactly what KP participated in, but it's uh, to have one, another one this season, I think would, could be really huge for them and huge for KP because he's a real creature of habit. He's a guy that needs, you know, very specific things. And so maybe coming into a season, knowing exactly when he's going to play and, and where and how with Luca, I think could be really big for him. The other reason why you keep him, and this is just a value play is if you think you can boost his trade value up until the trade deadline and keep him healthy until then, again, that's a big if, but if you can keep him healthy then, then his trade value is a little bit better than it would be this offseason when he's coming off of just looking awful in this playoff series. Exactly. I mean, I think that's one of the... I mean, I think that's where a lot of people think they're at right now. I'm saying, hey, just based watching the current series that we just watched and considering everything and then how he was used and all of that, if like you think if that's the route they have for them, like even if you wanted to trade him for a better fitting piece next to Luca, there's just, there might not be a ton of options out there right now because his value is super low. So can you rebuild that logo or logo? Can you rebuild that? You know, what, what's the word I'm rebuild value the value. If yeah, if you could rebuild that value and I know where's the logo coming at that Bogo, but, buy one, get one free. But once again, it goes all the way back to what we were saying a while ago of how, I don't want to say desperate, but like how, 
like how much Intent. how much ur- urgency they yeah. have right now to shake up the roster. And if they're so set on if KP has told them or whatever it is, like, hey, this just isn't going to work. Like, what is the mindset that they would have for a deal? Like, is it a clean? Is it, hey, we just want a clean slate to where you're calling up San Antonio saying, hey, you have 50 something million in cap space. Hey, instead of you spending it, would you just want KP for a couple like protected first or something like that? Like, yeah. would they just do that for draft picks? Would you call up Charlotte and say, give us Terry Rozier and then just you can absorb the rest into your cap space? And it's just like a one for one trade. Would it be something like that? Or would it be, hey, we have to turn him, we have to turn him into something for us to like move forward. Like we we can't like within ourselves just like do it for nothing. And then are you just looking for pieces? Like if the Clippers just get bounced and, you know, get swept by the Jazz. Would they do Kennard, Zubots, and Marcus Morris? You know, and then it's like three pieces, but they're kind of like, mm, okay. <laughs> I like, think after the after he just played against the Clippers, I don't know if they're for that. <laughs> I, I know, but like, would the Magic do, you know, Gary Harris and the Terrence Ross deal like we talked about? Would the Kings do Buddy Hield and Bagley? Like, Can we stop t- at the Gary Harris one? Because this is the second time you mentioned that one. And I, I think it was, it was mentioned on the Zach Lowe podcast, but... The, the Gary Harris would be just the perfect next step up from, so they're trying to find a guard to pair with Luca, right? Yeah. First year, DeLon Wright, right? <laughs> Second year, Josh Richardson. Third year, Gary Harris. The perfect, like, offensive, yeah. offensive, questionable, defensive, you know, a little bit better guard to go next to him. It would just be the next step up. Like, if it was a Pokemon, he would just evolve the next evolution. It would be Gary Harris, I think, from Josh Richardson. And because like them, Drew them, Holiday, that would that would be the, the best one. That's a mega evolution right there. Yeah, I'll take that Moonstone and evolve the that guy. But that's the thing. Like if add Dallas some rare wanted, candies to that. If Dallas wanted to trade him, <laughs> what they would even what could they get? We don't know what would they want. What would they so settle the for? Air, because you're just not like even like the Indiana thing. I've seen people throw out Indiana and be like Miles Turner, T.J. Warren. And it's like, I mean, yes. <laughs> But Me. like that's the thing. It's like <laughs> I don't think Indiana's doing that, right? I mean, yeah. So it, it just it all comes down to how bad they want to, you know, if they really do want to get off the contract, if they want to work with KP and then, or if they're like they're going into the offseason with the mindset of everything that they're saying publicly to us of hey, he's fully healthy. Let's try to make this work. They're both super young for the better of our organization and everything. Let's just let's rock with this again. And it's not like we heard a lot of comments on exit on exit interviews that were like KP is the future of this franchise along with Luca. You know, it's not like they did a lot of committing two best to, players to KP. They did say that, which is not you know, that's not a commitment to the future. That's just saying what They've it is been right saying now. That though. Yeah, ever since they ever since they got him and and KP said everything you'd want to hear from him in the post in the exit yeah, interviews too. Yeah. He's been saying that over the past few yeah. weeks and he's about adapting to his role, adapting to this new NBA. He knows he has to get better defensively and like all of this stuff. He's saying all the right things right now. So, yeah, there's a it feels like there's positivity within the organization and if they held on to him, then we know that hey, they be- they believe in him for now. <laughs> it could be to hold on to him to build value, uh but yeah, yeah, if they hold on to him, we know nothing. <laughs> That's basically what we know is we know nothing. But yeah, there you go. Let us know in the comments. What do you think about Chris Porzingis? Should they trade him? They just cut ties now and trade him even while his value is really low and try to just cut ties? Or should they try to hold on to him, keep him because he's still good and they can still salvage this? All that. Let us know in the comments. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. Peace out. Boom.
Draws a crowd in the lane. Missed a shot, but Zubats keeps it alive. Grabs nice. it and then has it rejected by Porzingis. We got back to being them and who they are as a team. Porzingis for three. three. Tough shot.